everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life i am your host natalie williams and i am here with the author of the reconstitution method for healing and rest virginia dixon hi natalie hi virginia good morning i'm excited to do this wrap up with you as am I. Soul Hunger was a fantastic series with Otis Ledbetter. I'm so happy he was able to join us here. The response was amazing. Impressive. Mm-hmm. impressive. Yes. We were all getting texts. Riley got a bunch of texts. Mm-hmm. I've been getting texts about it. And I think primarily one of the most compelling takeaways every single time that I put that inventory, that questionnaire in front of people is its the most difficult questionnaire anybody fills out. Yeah. It takes the most time. And the best advice I give them is trust your instinct. Write the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But I will say that between that, how we love, and one Evox scan is like, months of meetings compiling information and helping them reason through complex things the consequence of those questionnaires and i didn't even mention recall healing yeah and that's a big one too yeah it's just transformative just the process is transformative but it's so important to understand the difference between the convictions that compel us and the things that drive us, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. difference between that which originates in our deepest convictions and is congruent with our highest values, those things are a function of the soul. Mm-hmm. But the things that drive us will exhaust us, will burn us out, mm-hmm. and they will derail us to some extent. And we will miss the joy and the peace that comes when we can reconcile the differences between the function of the central nervous system that causes us to react and use our good thoughts or ideas to do these things we want to accomplish. Yeah, That's why that phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. Because it's the things that drive us, mm-hmm. right? But the things that compel us, wow, that's where the, I always say the enduring voices of a generation speak to the triumph of the human spirit, because you're able to make that shift. Yeah. So you're not driven to accomplish the things you want, but that is well managed, right, by what compels you. Mm. And that's where decisions of conscience are made, and there's more balance and focus. So I think Otis did a great job breaking that down for us. He did. And of course, with the introduction of his newest book as well, Set Free, that was by far one of my favorite episodes. The Set Free. What Mm -hmm. what was your favorite part? Oh, gosh. Because generally, there is a nugget for you to chew on for a while. And something you can reason through that's significant that can move some boulders in your life. Yeah. And well, for sure. I mean... Something really interesting happened over the past two weeks, and you were absolutely witness for this as well, was, you know, I I 
didn't go to church for a long time. So I started going to this, this new church with my family and my fiance. And it seemed that the message as well as having been editing these podcasts at the same time, it was like divine appointment that they were happening all within the same time, because not only with, you know, editing those podcasts that we recorded actually months ago, I was encouraged to instill even more of that awareness into my daily life. Like, what does that mean? Well, so for me, my soul hunger is intimacy and relationships. And if you go and take the test, that's number one. And majority of people are number one. And majority of people have been number one, especially after COVID. And if you ask Otis Ledbetter, you know, he'll tell you that depending on circumstance, sometimes one soul hunger will be stronger than another. But majority of the time you come back to specifically one. Mine has always been number one. And something that he didn't expound on too much is our soul hunger is usually we're born with it. Yeah. So you can find the fabric of your dreams, which I always explain dreams as that quiet, still voice Mm -hmm. that gets you out of bed, that compels you, that keeps you looking forward. And you were made to fulfill that dream in time yeah, and to be motivated by it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, your hunger for intimacy Mm -hmm. is a desire that's woven into you. Yeah. But the work of the flesh, you're right. The impulses of the scent, adultery and fornication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And can I say something about that? And because you and I have been talking extensively about this. Yes. We fornicate in our hearts. Yes. Fornication is a condition of the heart. And it's when you violate your conscience to meet a need and Mm -hmm. accommodate circumstances, choices, and everything that are satisfying. Yeah. And they're usually destructive. Yeah. The consequence of that is adultery. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just a sexual sin, if you will, a sexual conflict. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out. Absolutely. And I think, so what I, the realization that I kind of came to was that I have been unjustly basically using my fiance to fill the hole in my heart that was actually really hungering for God. And for me, I definitely needed to... I mean, it's an easy thing to say reconcile it, but it's so much deeper than that because it's almost, you know, and this is such a taboo word and repent. I needed to repent of a few things and especially from things within my life that I had held on to that for one, like I had, I had held on to for so long that I didn't even realize that that was something that I really need to repent of. And when people hear the word repent, they're like, oh my gosh, repent. Like it's a uh, very like extremely religious kind of word, right? Well, in the original language, it means after you think. Yeah. So it's an invitation to reason and mm-hmm. to weigh the cost of yeah. something and then hopefully turn. Yeah. Because if not, we're driven by impulse. And yes. God's saying, don't be driven by impulse. So that word repent, next time somebody says, don't judge me, say, no, that's an invitation to stop, reason, think, and perhaps not be driven Yeah. But be compelled. Yeah. Make a 180, go in the opposite direction. And so that's what I needed to do was I needed to stop putting and and unjustly putting my fiance in trying to fill that hole with, with him and love from him and the relationship with him and the intimacy with him and instead go to God for that. And I definitely think, you know, just thinking on our relationship and where we've been. And of course we're going through premarital counseling with you, but I definitely think that he kind of picked up on that on a subconscious, maybe even spiritual level. And I do think that that's 
it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on him and it, and it is unjust. It's yeah. not something that should be taking place. And of course in his heart of hearts, like he knows that, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't think he ever had the words for it, but it was starting to manifest in our relationship a little bit. And so a lot of conflict, yeah, a lot of conflict in the last few months. What yeah. you're saying is so important and we need to understand the micro functions of these transactions in our soul, because what ends up happening and you just described it so beautifully. Oh, thank you. We subconscious and unconsciously put undue weight on a person mm-hmm. to do things that only God can do. You said something. This, the hunger for intimacy mm-hmm. has been standing, by the way, since the conception of this book. That's the number one hunger that they've documented from everyone that takes the test online. Yeah. And if you noticed, those of you who have taken the test and who have purchased the book, you know that Dr. Ledbetter found the matrix yes. between the things that drive you and the things that compels you. And he found it in this in in the scriptures, mm-hmm. the conversation in the book of Galatians and Ephesians. And he noticed that those hungers are broken into three categories. Natalie is one of the first three categories. Yes. And it's the hunger for intimacy. And love, yeah. Love mm-hmm. is the fruit. Mm-hmm. Of what she's most created and gifted to dispense. Mm-hmm. So with every hunger, there's a calling because that's what the fiber of your constitution is made to live out well and yeah. to thrive. Hers is love. Mine, I'm in the second quadrant I've said before, mine's mm-hmm. for justice. Yes. The work of the flesh is hate and contention. Hence why I wanted to be an attorney and study <laughs> law. Yeah, It's easier for me to raise hell than to raise hope. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably most gifted, right? Mm-hmm. And designed to raise hope. And so what is the spiritual manifestation of that? It is long suffering. Yeah. So I'm a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. Evidenced by the fact that I've nurtured <laughs> rest for 40 years yeah. in many different disciplines. But that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, it took me asking people that I worked with, why do you come to me? What do you get? And what do you find most compelling about what I do? Because I'm more of a thought leader and an educator than anything. Yeah. I'm not a conventional counseling. Yeah, counselor, definitely. Right? I don't diagnose, I don't treat, and I don't cure. Mm-hmm. But every single one of them said hope. Yeah. So I took that Including to God. me, by the way. Including you. Including that's me. right. <laughs> but one day, I'm confused about all this. Like everybody listening is about so many things about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I took this to God in prayer. If this is what they say I do for them. I mean, I had to ask people, what do I do for you? What do I give you? Hope. And you help me believe in myself. And you're so full of light that I want what you have. Yeah. So I asked God, what am I doing? And that's how I came with the acronym REST. Mm -hmm. You invite people into relational, emotional, and spiritual. And I called my eldest daughter, and I've said this before. I need a T. What do I do? And she says, Mom, are you kidding me? Everything you say rises and falls. And you turn every stone to find the truth. Yeah. Truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what your deepest convictions always have to line, line up with. But the fruit... The work of the flesh is hate and contention. Mm -hmm. That means in the pursuit of that, I can cause a lot of damage if I don't understand the distinction between those things. In the pursuit of intimacy, Mm -hmm. I just want to point out for those listening that haven't listened to the whole series that you are noticing, hey, there's nothing wrong with needing this, but 
fornication and adultery. I'm fornicating in my heart because I'm putting this man and my hunger and desire for him and what he can give me, and it's usurping God. Yeah. So guess what? I'm taking matters into my own hands, and I'm fornicating. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about the conversation that we had in my office, as I'm watching this play out, by the way, for months. Mm-hmm. And I never said anything to you because I wasn't invited into that conversation with you. So I said nothing. Yeah. My kids taught me that discipline, by the way. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut until, <laughs> with some things. But we had a tough conversation mm-hmm. in the office. You want to talk about that for a little bit so they can understand what this transaction looks like? Yeah. It's painful, but there's light on the other side. I want to make sure that I'm actually talking about the specific thing you want me to talk about because we talked about a lot in that, that conversation. first day when I realized, okay, oh, yeah, the no. dam is starting to crack. Yeah. It's about to flood everything. And I needed to ask you some provocative questions so that you could perhaps step into a conversation mm-hmm. that was difficult for you to have and yeah. to think through by yeah. yourself. But basically, I sat on the white couch across from you. You sat on the little chair. Mm-hmm. And I said, Natalie, you know, I've been wanting to give you space and time. I know you're processing a lot. And what's going on? And you began to explain the dynamic, basically, of Gregory becoming kind of bitter and hardened and pulling away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you oh, just explained resentment. why. That's the right. resentment. Yeah. And then you feeling... In a little bit hurt and insecure about the dynamic. Mm-hmm. So instead of talking about him and the relationship, I began to ask you questions about you. Yeah. And I basically walked you through identifying the mm-hmm. fingerprints of what fornication looks like yeah. when we violate our conscience mm-hmm. and how the consequence of it is desecrating ourselves and others. Yeah. If we don't understand that transaction Mm -hmm. and you cried and cried and cried a lot. And then we talked about hard decisions that you were going to make. Yeah. But I want to tell everybody listening, you were open Mm -hmm. and you were humble and you called a spade a spade Mm -hmm. and you realize, especially editing all these programs that, Hey, it's God I'm really hungering for. Yeah. Not him. Yeah. It was painful. It's been almost what, three weeks? It's been two weeks since that conversation. I definitely remember that part. And I also know too, I mean, you know, you, you say that I was so humble, but that was a fight for me to be humble about it. And I, and you it said was, this, but you know what you said that really impacted me? What? You said, Virginia, I'm crying right now because I feel mm-hmm. so you say it. Yeah. Well, I, I was, felt so loved. I felt, yeah, I felt so Oh gosh, it makes me want to cry now because it's when you sorry, been, Natalie. No, it's okay. It makes me happy. It's a happy tear. Happy, it's not sadness anymore. Um, happy tears come <laughs> with so much pain. It's so true. It is so true. Jeez, why is it that whenever we have a conversation, just us, <laughs> I end up crying? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I, that needs to stop eventually. Fre- at no, some point, freedom. Who? Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No. So when when we were having that conversation, yeah, like I started crying because I had been hungering for love. Mm. And I felt like I wasn't getting it from where I, de- I was desiring it. And I was desiring it from 
you know, a good, a good place, but the wrong, the wrong place. And it was the kind of love that I, you know, it's, it, it was God's love and intimacy with him is what I really needed and what I was lacking. And because I was putting that much pressure on Greg, you know, he, he's pulling away because I'm putting a, a God sized pressure on him. And so we'll, and I'll, I'll go into this a little bit. We, you know, we only see each other about 72 hours a month and it's because he works night shift. And so every single minute that we actually get together, I'm like holding on to it for dear life because I don't want to waste a single second. And every time that we wouldn't have time, something would come up when we were supposed to have time, whatever it is, I would get really upset because I'm going, you know, I feel like, like he doesn't care. I feel like he's not being considerate, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But that wasn't, that wasn't it at all. And my almost desperation for it was coming from the wrong place. Again, it's it's like a God-sized thing versus... Yes. And I saw that and I was watching you crumble under that. And that's why I went in your office that day. Yeah. I said, hey, do you want to talk a little bit? I can see this, that you're not well. Yeah. And as I began, no, I'm okay. You know, this kind of thing. And I started gently going into that flesh yeah. that drives us <laughs> symptoms of mm-hmm. a, a person that I know is hungering yeah. for intimacy. I think the beautiful thing that emerged from that is when you said, Virginia, I'm thank I'm crying. These are tears of gratitude. Yeah. Thank you. Because I saw you. I heard you. I understood you. You saw me. Yeah. And so I want to encourage people that if you can understand the hunger of somebody you love, their soul hunger. Yeah. You we're trying to give you tools and resources to approach those conversations. Yeah. With a measure of sensitivity for where they're at and with permission. Yeah. Would it be okay if we talked about this? Because I can see this is crushing you. Yeah. And don't do it with judgment, right? Do it with sensitivity. Because the fruit of it, difficult as the conversation was. And yes. the things I had to say were, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was done from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we, we put the, these podcasts, that's why we're giving you this information. Because to heal the hemorrhaging heart of this nation, we need to respect that we all have different hungers. Intimacy, contentment, joy, justice, achievement. And all these hungers are so important for society to thrive. But at this juncture in history, with the confusion, chaos, and disease that is among us, we see it in every sphere of government. Yeah. And we see that the difficult times are upon us. The most important thing you can do, I often hear people say, I can see what's happening, but I don't know what to do, is you need to reconcile the conflict within yourself. Understand the things that drive you And how opposed they are to the things that compel you. Natalie just gave a beautiful example that her hunger is for intimacy to be seen, heard, understood, and to see, hear, and understand others. And that is an extension of how God reaches us. And all of you that have, have had any encounter with the living God, you know that that's when you were most humbled. Yeah. It's a matter of fact, you might have been humbled to run the other way because you feel like you've not been enough. 
Yeah. Well, if you understand the this equation, if you will, you you'll know how to solve it in such a way that you can be free. So Natalie and my relationship exponentially grew mm-hmm. in every imaginable way just because we had that conversation. Yeah. But obviously I work with this material all the time and I'm changing all the time. I'm beginning to understand it, but we do want to bring it to you so that you can understand the things that will become boulders in your life instead of bridges. Yeah. When I understood that it was easier for me, well, I pursued law and I wanted to change laws and to defend people when laws were unjust. And to really understand the fabric of what holds a society together and what the legal system was and all of that. Think about where I came from, right? And Mm -hmm. I I touch on that often in my history and the beginning of the book I'm writing. That's what's going to lay the foundation. Who am I? What am I doing here? And why do these things compel me? Yeah. Well, I make perfect sense. (laughs) But the practical reality is that by nature, I have to keep myself in check. Mm -hmm. And when I tend to see an injustice, I want to rise up and address it. And those of you who know me, Heidi's sitting there <laughs> thinking, oh my God, <laughs> the conversations we've had. Yeah. But the, my first instinct and to say, no, we need to rise up. But now I rise up with what are the methods that are going to displace the confusion, chaos, and dis-ease mm-hmm. that could cause us to address this congruent with laws of nature, things that are self-evident and appeal to our natural affections. That's complex. Yeah, It's having to wrestle and deal with issues of philosophy, theology, and how they manifest in biology and chemistry and government and all these spheres of influence. So it can feel daunting, but once you understand the principles, you're free. Yeah. But the first principle you need to understand is the things that drive you as opposed to those that compel you. Yeah. You want that which compels you to, to manage and govern those things that drive you. Yeah. And then you will be in alignment with your calling with your gifting, and with what I call this invisible string that is connected to the heart of our, a very personal and intimate creator God yeah, that manifests his presence and his work in our life just in the creative order, in the created order of things. When I had to do public speaking, I just wanted to throw up. I couldn't go to sleep the night before. What if I blow it? What if I this? I was thinking about myself so much. I wasn't thinking about, yeah. even if I blow it, I'm going to say one thing they hadn't thought about before. That's yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say 20 things. Just one thing, something they can walk away with. So I had to learn to take my eyes off of me and to, for the joy set before me, that one idea might set somebody free. I began to not deal with nausea and diarrhea. And sleepless nights mm-hmm. the night before. Because no yeah. matter what I did, it felt like it had to be perfect. No, it doesn't. You just have to show up with heart, right? Yeah. So I began to release myself of that. And I think I watched you do that with your relationship. Ultimately, just release yourself of your fears and your own anxieties yeah. and trust. Yeah. And I and I can tell you now, you know, because 
Greg and I had multiple conversations after that one conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was very upfront and honest with him about the things that I knew that I had been doing. And I apologized because I'm like, it it was happening on an almost subconscious level. Always. Right. So, you know, he, he reasoned through it and he was like, you know, he's like, that makes perfect. It resonated with him. And since then, and of course he's had conversations with you, our relationship the connection that we have is so much stronger now. And it's because we were honest and we were truthful and and truth, truth Truth. to shining truth on a lot of the things that were going on. Cause you know, he might've had some things that he was thinking about me that might not have been true, but he's feeling a certain way. So all, and if he doesn't know how to communicate it, all he has is he's left his own devices and, and men quickly default to anger. Yeah. Or complete disengagement. Yeah. And that's what I was was feeling. And so something I want to touch on, and we're almost out of time, but I want to do this really quick. So you you mentioned how I was humble during that time. And I said that it was difficult. And I say that it was difficult because it's so easy to blame. And that's something that Otis talked about when he was here in episode three. So the last episode, if you go back, take a listen, because he talks about blame and how blame was the... He said something about it's like the symptom of the guilty. Always. Yeah. It, he, he our said anatomy it a little of descent, Our anatomy of descent breaks it down yeah. to the nucleus. Yeah. So he said it a little bit more eloquently than I just put it. But that was something that I had to realize within myself as I was going towards, you know, talking about Greg, talking about Greg and things that, you know, I see him doing versus looking at myself, which is why you started asking me questions about me. You're trying to pull me away from my focus on him and start focusing on myself and things that I was potentially doing that would cause. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to take this conversation as rationalizing relationships that you know you shouldn't be in. Yes. Yeah. This is a soulmate this is somebody that you know is a partner for life. Yes. There's a lot of alignment and you've never, ever had a doubt that this is the person you were meant to marry. Right. So I don't want people listening to this podcast that are in unhealthy relationships, turn this inward and say, okay, so this is my problem. I've got to fix this. No, I'm saying the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> because what I was really challenging Natalie to do, by the way, and I'll be very blunt about this, do it. is put the big pause button on and to have some time alone and give him time alone, whether it's a year or two years, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and continue to work through these things. Mm-hmm. And so this is for people in terms of intimacy and relationships that are listening, because people hunger for intimacy and relationships so much, and yeah. nobody wants to be alone. And I think fear of being alone causes us to compromise that quiet, still voice of your conscience. And I just want to encourage everyone listening. If you're in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in, or if a friend is in a relationship or a relative is, Mm -hmm. or I'll say this, if you're around really angry people (laughs) and you know that they have a good heart because they long for justice in something, you want, might want to harness your own anxieties and sit down Mm -hmm. and be able to say, Hey, I notice you're angrier a lot. Or I notice every time you talk about politics, let's take a hot button. You're really contentious and you're very dogmatic. What's going on? And peel back the layers of why the anger, why the contention Mm -hmm. in the life of Virginia Dixon, you're going to find 
the answer to that's woven into a deeper story and the sacrifices my father made and the horrible things I've seen and the pain of leaving my country and having this image of literally almost over 150 people seeing us off at the airport and what that meant and looking at that picture, I realized that that was a part that broke off. So my sense and my hunger for justice is rooted into all those things. All of a sudden, the things I say and how I say them sometimes in terms of my deepest convictions about freedom, right? And this country and this republic, all of a sudden you understand them in the context of a big story. Yeah. Natalie, her hunger for intimacy, right? It's rooted in some deeper things. So let's close with that because I want people to be kind and gentle and not to rationalize the cause. Well, and that's exactly what you encouraged me not to do was to rationalize. And I've done that a majority of my life and in other, in other relationships. Don't we all? Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. the conversations that Greg and I had afterwards were painful and they were honest and they were brutal. It wasn't something that was without fear for sure. There definitely was fear involved, but at the same time, I, I was not afraid to be alone, but I also knew that with all of that truth, with all of that honesty, with all of that trust, I had absolute confidence in us and him and I as a unit to come together in that regardless of exactly how that it was. was never a question. Yeah, that was not a question. And so and so that anyway, that's what ended up happening. But I really think that if we had not done that and if we had not done the hard thing and we had not addressed those things that we would have set ourselves up for failure yeah. in our marriage. And another thing struck me while you were talking and while you were saying all this, because you see something clearly and you understand these principles of rest clearly, mm-hmm. um, be gentle with yourself and yeah. with others. Grace. Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace and give others grace. One of the things yeah. I, I encouraged Natalie to do is this is my perspective. This is what I see. This is my understanding of things. Mm-hmm. There's a profound hunger for truth, Natalie, within your generation. Yeah. So I encouraged her to speak to several of the people that I really trust most to be honest. And one of them is my daughter. Yeah. Because I knew that she would thoroughly empathize and understand Natalie in a way that I simply was not going to. I'm not in that same battle. I've not been indoctrinated by the same things. I've not been raised in the state of confusion, chaos, and disease that your generation's been raised in. It's a matter of fact, I feel more like a warrior in dealing with those issues. So I had to keep myself in check and encourage her to go seek wisdom also uh, in opinions. And more than even either wisdom or opinions, to have an honest conversation. Do not be afraid of honest conversations. And those of you who are refusing to speak to people who disagree with you, get yourself in check. Understand your hunger because you're sabotaging yourself because your deepest hunger is for intimacy, to be seen, heard, and understood and connect. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to have honest conversations with yourself, with each other. And then when you know that somebody else might have deeper resources, even if they're in disagreement with you invite the people you're talking to to go engage with those that might have more context for their situation yeah because that's what builds trust and intimacy and you know i hold this to be true as a businesswoman you know this is what i do i live by this yeah because i'm free Mm -hmm. i don't have to be afraid yeah of what somebody else might tell you 
because I know they're in disagreement with me. It doesn't matter. This isn't about me mm-hmm. or me being right. It's about you having the capacity and, and developing the discipline to reason through complex things yeah. and not being afraid mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. and to seek the highest good for yourself and those you're dealing with. Yeah. I want to add this last thing. You talked about the dream that's connected to the soul hunger. Mine's having a family and it makes a lot of sense. I've dreamt about that since I was seven years old. Thank you for that Mm -hmm. because that's why our next segment is so important to me in the context of how we love. Yeah. We all really want a family. Yeah. We, everyone, if they're really honest, no one, we're made to occupy territory take dominion over, be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. and to love well. Yeah. And that's why the Living Rest program that we're developing and that Heidi and I have been honestly talking about for years is finally coming to life. The conversation we really had is one small component of living rest. Yeah. I'm going to pick up here with Heidi and develop this thing. Sounds good. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. We have a live day of rest happening on March 4th. The location is to be determined, but registration is already open on the website. So use the promo code REST in all uppercase to receive a 10% discount. We would love to see you there. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-289. 5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next Friday. Mm-hmm.